Jared Morris, and welcome back to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing brought to you by Copyblogger Media. If you want to get a content marketing education while you walk your dog or while you're in your car, this podcast is the way to do it. In this episode, Damian Farnworth is back, and we continue our series providing you with the third ingredient that every blog post needs, persuasive words. Why did I end the last episode of The Lead with this statement? You absolutely won't want to miss this new episode because it's free advice that will instantly make you a better communicator. Because it includes the five most persuasive words in the English language, at least according to one of the single most popular blog posts in Copyblogger history, an article that at last count had over 4,000 retweets and nearly 2,000 likes. Those five words are you, free, because instantly, and new. Hat tip to Gregory Ciotti, by the way, for writing that piece. Damien, do you have a favorite among those words? Uh, That's a great question. Um, Now, I do have a favorite among those words. Before I get to that point, let me me go through the other words. Um, So, so thinking about this, like, you know, the idea of you, and we talk about this, is that this is nothing more than just personalization, and Seattle makes that point in the uh, blog post, and um, um, that personalization can be improved, too, and we talk about this, is this idea of going from the generic you in a blog post to actually using, you know, the first and last name, using the first name uh, and the last name in um, uh, your communication. Um, we know this works like in the in the email industry like mailchimp recently had a study where they looked at uh just millions of open rates right and they found out that if you had the first and the last name that exceeded um open rates than just having the first name uh or just having the last name in fact just having the last name actually exceeded having the first name uh which kind of demonstrates that you know a little bit about this person so uh using being able to personalize that is huge. Um, but the, it, what was interesting about the study too is this idea about the word free. Um, that because it is a good word, and we talk about some things in uh, that never change, and we always think the word free is one of those words. But in fact, what this Mailchimp study found out was that in some industries, like the medical, the travel, and the retail industries, um, they should avoid that. It actually decreased the open rates. Uh, when they used the word free. So if you're in those uh, industries, you may want to rethink that strategy. Um, and But also, you know, the study too, it, it showed that words that were time sensitive or that implied time sensitivity, like urgent, breaking, important, or alert, also boosted open rates, um, while words like reminder and cancellation uh, suppressed open rates. Um, and then so going further on to Seattle's list, the word because is really just what we're talking about is the reason why copy, like what's in it for me. That's what everybody's asking is, you know, Seattle just sort of demonstrated in that post was that, you know, if you say, hey, I need to make copies, whatever you said after the word because didn't really matter. It's just that people hear that and they think, oh, there's a reason that he wants to do this instead of he's just 
he just needs to use the Xerox machine. So, right. Well, um, and, and and real quick, Damien, it goes back to that line that I ended the last episode with, right? So you you absolutely won't want to miss this right. new episode because, and then you get this reason. And he makes the important point that even giving weak reasons is shown to be more persuasive than giving no reason at all. That's right. And this is this is uh, the same reason. Like, it's really hard to tell people no. Like, when someone asks you to do something, it's really hard to tell people some, no without giving a reason why. I mean, like, you know, say I invite you to, you know, some sort of cocktail party, and you, and you say, oh, yeah, sure, I got the time. You'll tell me yes. You won't give me a reason why you're coming. You won't say, yes, I'm coming because X, Y, and Z. You'll say, yeah, I'll be there. But if you tell me no, you'll say, I can't be there because, you know, I, I promised, you know, my girlfriend I would, you know, do this and that. So you, you give a, people feel compelled to give reasons. And so when we hear that, we're like, okay, so he's just not telling me no because he's a jerk, doesn't want to hang out with me, whatever. So, yeah, great point. Well, if you'd ever asked me to a cocktail party, Damien, I'd give you an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we live closer to you, you'd be up all the time. <laughs> So the uh, and so the, the, the last word that Seattle mentions is the word instant and um, and again he you know, talks about how we desire immediate gratification and a great point of this is like on Amazon right Amazon offers books either in the uh, print edition or either the Kindle edition the Kindle the beautiful thing about that is that instead of having to run run to the store or wait two to three days you could have that book immediately which is huge. So you tell people that something is instant, they love it. And this is why, too, you know, when we say you're talking about, like, the reducing interest industry, for example, people want to lose weight, uh, but they don't want it, you know, to take a long time. But, you know, so if you can carve out some sort of idea that, like, you can lose seven pounds in seven weeks, that's good. If, you, you know, you could lose one pound in one week or however you want to shave that down so it's the the results are getting to this here's immediate instant results yeah i mean people don't like delayed gratification and i've actually seen success with this on one of my side projects where after it's a, a, a college sports site and after games we send out an analysis and so it immediately goes out to our email subscribers well to get new email subscribers we put it on an autoresponder and so as soon as they sign up for the email address they get it and so you know tweeting out and putting out in social media hey instantly get our latest analysis by signing up for the free email list and we've seen tons and tons of conversions doing it that way and i think it's that immediate gratification that really pushes people over the edge to stop what they're doing and say, okay, let me go invest this 20 seconds to sign up to get this instant, this instant thing back in return. Yeah. It's, I think we've been quite spoiled with the internet to think that, you know, and this is, I've, I've seen my own self do this and probably sh you should have, you should too, is to think that if anything is um, going to be delayed, it seems absolutely ridiculous to me because uh, most things with software and the uh, the amazing amount of uh, ways in which the formats we can consume uh, content is available that there's no reason why I can't have a PDF or podcast or a movie or whatever within seconds, you know, of actually uh, registering or requesting it. And it's important to remember, too, and, and Gregory makes this point in the article that context is so important. So just because these words are persuasive and studies have shown they're persuasive doesn't mean that you can just dump them in every post and they're going to work. Like you said, that MailChimp study showed that there are certain industries where using the word free doesn't work. 
And, and it's, it's mentioned in that post, you know, emphasizing freeness of guides and courses that can go a long way to attracting attention. But you can also devalue other parts of what you're trying to do if you overuse that word free. So, again, you have to understand not just what words work, but why they work so that you're using them within the right contexts. That's right. So, like, back to my favorite one out of that list of five. And it would have to be that word you. Um, but it's not necessarily that word you. It's, it's the idea of personalization. Because I mentioned before, really successful successful communication, um, whether you know, you're, you are trying to persuade or you're just trying to inform or you're trying to entertain, works when it is on a personal level. And uh, in the business context, you know, we talk about permission mar- marketing, where you are, you are sort of, you are building trust to give people to say, yes, I want to receive your information, whether it's at a, as, a, as a subscriber or an email newsletter or even as a registered member in a membership program. So you want to build that personalization up around an audience, around a blog, or elevate that through an email. But it's that idea of getting to know somebody. So in a blog post, for example, right, because you naturally would ask yourself, like, well, I can't personalize a blog post. And really, well, all what we're really saying there is to write to one person. That person reading should feel like you are writing to them. Um, and sometimes that means being very narrow and speaking and talking and, and teaching about a very specific thing so that you're communicating maybe with 50 versus 55,000 people. But understanding their problem, identifying it and relating to it, people will listen to that. Yeah, and one other point that I kind of want to finish with here too is, you know, you see a lot of people say, "Well, I'm not writing persuasive copy," right? And we even, if you scroll down the comments of Greg's article, you'll see this. And no, you may not be writing copy to sell a product, but if you're writing then presumably you're writing to sell an idea or you at least want people to continue reading if you've written something, right? And so you are always at least persuading people to continue reading. And so again, you need to use the right words for the outcome that you are looking for. And so that's where when you're choosing your words, choose them carefully and choose the ones that are going to persuade people to keep doing the action that you want them to, to take, even that's just to continue reading on down the page if it's just, you know, quote unquote, normal web copy, right? Right. Yeah. And so back to that, that, uh, that cocktail party I never invited you to, uh, you know, say you were there and we were talking and even in that context, you know, people want to hear their name. They want to feel like you are paying attention to them. So even in that context, when you're talking to somebody, you know, and you feel like you might be losing them or you want to bring their attention back towards you, you would use their name. You, I would say, you know, telling Jared about, you know, football and then you say your name, Jared. That would bring you back. And interesting, um, and Dan and, and um, Dan and Heath, um, I don't remember the last name, but they wrote the book uh, Made to Stick to uh, Professors. And one of the, um, they, they, they told a story about a small, a mid-sized city newspaper where they had a readership rate of about 110%, which means that there are more people reading it than they were actually in that city. So to have, have actually a wider reach than they thought. And the, and the way they did that was because their philosophy was names, names, names. They tried to identify people within the community and write articles around them about them, um, about topics that 
were important to them. And so people would look towards that magazine to see if their name was in that paper. And that's how they raised the, you know, got such a high readership rate. So the idea is writing to one person, make them feeling like you're, you're, you're writing to them. And if you can do that, um, you, you know, you can do that better in the email, but then that's what's important too. We talk about elevating those relationships from just blog subscribers to email newsletter to eventually to a registered, you know, membership or some other position. Yep. And for more absolutely great information on this topic, Brian Clark did a series on blog triggers back in the early days of copy blogger. We're going to link to that in the show notes. Uh, in the meantime, Damien, I look forward to seeing you at the cocktail party because I'm very appreciative that you asked me. Yes, you're welcome. We'll have to we'll have we'll have to make that happen in uh, Denver. So. <laughs> it sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. If you're enjoying the content provided here on the lead, please consider leaving us a rating or review on iTunes. And we always appreciate it when you tweet out links to the show. The next time Damien joins me, we move on to the fourth essential ingredient of a blog post. How to write damn good sentences. If you like watching a superstar take batting practice, tune in to hear the Duke of Damn himself knock this topic out of the park. So I wish I was a slave to an angel trade. Lord have mercy on my rough and rough.